deepest secrets, concerns of being a black woman, Negro, Hebrew in America. So come and listen to us. Check us out. We are here to serve you. Barakatha. are back deconstructing the black man's guide to understanding the black woman by sister Sherazad Ali so we are currently on chapter four mm-hmm. right Aria? yeah that's the second part yes so page 43 to uh 52 so it concludes the chapter which concludes the chapter now, we have gone through memory lane of the previous chapters before, but quickly, we discovered all of this, the, the deficiencies that we experience as um, women being raised to not practice wifedom, but to practice this feminist movement that is just not working for the Black culture, the Black race or nation in America. So we recognize that is not working in those chapters and we have uncovered where we are as women in marriages what that looks like in this chapter it leads us into so she starts off the second half with the good wife syndrome now um before we discuss it i just wanted to bring up the new thing that everyone is discussing and I figured it would be appropriate to talk about since she talks she's explaining what is a good wife or she's showing characteristics of really of what is not a good wife but mm-hmm. we have the the WAP sisters the wet ass pussy sisters mm-hmm. <laughs> when you see that type of image Kahawia mm-hmm. and then the this book of how she's explaining what it is that we're supposed to do to take better care of our black woman, there's no wonder, in my opinion, as to why we're so far off. Well, you know, I agree. However, it doesn't start with Cardi B and Megan, whatever that's her name is, Stabby and something. We had our generations low, Kim. Yes, we did. We had... You know, we had Nikki, we had, we had Akinelli, and that was a dude, but there was a whole girl on that song, put it in my mouth, like, (laughs) (laughs) we had several songs that was basically where your pussy was on forefront, Mm -hmm. and we can't even... Well, let me just say, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. And I say that because this, that's an industry type of moves. So those are the things. So the people that run the industry, they want Black people to sing about and rap about sex and murder of our own kind. 
So anything that comes into light that's derogatory to brown folks, that's what sells and that's what they're looking for. So that's what they project. Because yeah. you know that we don't particularly listen to that all the time. We prefer to listen to some other things, but those other things that we listen to are not in the limelight. They're not mainstream. They're not, and because they have a positive message, because they pr- give praise to Yahweh and Yahweh. So when we talk about what is being on the forefront, like yes, we know that wet ass pussy is not the image that we want our young girls to follow. And that's the issue that I have that, you know, and not just wet ass pussy, all them loose, all them songs looking was in too. Yeah. And I not only mentioned these sisters, not to put blame on them, but just to highlight that sister Sherazad Ali, her work, the black man's God to understanding a black woman it's not on the forefront, as you mentioned. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's more so these type of women, the industry pushed this type of image. So this is why it is so important to check in on work like this to kind of build yourself up to a higher level. Because mm-hmm. I, these sisters are the examples of what we are encouraged to do. Right. <laughs> Versus what we um should, you know, what we should be doing which is practicing being a wife and building a family. So, you know, I I agree with that too, because at some point we have to, as grown people, we do have to realize the difference between how you live your regular life and entertainment. Yes. The song that you like, all right, you could like the beat, you could like the words. I don't care what you like about the song. But you have to realize that at some point you still have to carry yourself in a different light if you want to increase and improve your nation, you have to change. Like, you can't live your life like that. Like, because those babies, they're daughters, mm-hmm. they're, they're girls to be. You know, what, when they see mommy as that, and then the, the women that aren't strong enough mentally to be able to distinguish what is real and what is fake, and they embody that characteristic and they want to live up to Cardi B and, and that image, you know, it's, it's a hefty um tool that they use against us you know and we have to be able to realize that tool is being used against us they're redefining what is being a black woman so you know i agree you're right because so the people that are purchasing this music the people that are streaming it that are you know you the customers have to take a stand and really kind of figure out what you want to do because I do recall seeing an interview and not to, you know, be praising all these public figures because, you know, we don't really know what they do to get where they at. We know there's some speculations, but I don't have none of that to do. Even still, Cardi B did in an interview, I don't know if she was on an interview or she was just talking to herself, which she does a lot, but um, she was saying that when, I guess, one of her most like realistic songs be careful and i actually like that song from her i guess from her album i don't know how many albums she got but the one she came out with that song be careful a lot of her fans didn't react well to it they wanted to hear about her shaking her ass they wanted Mm. to hear her putting her pussy on blast they didn't want to hear about her 
explaining the struggle that she was having with her man and pouring her heart out. They didn't want to hear that I'm not putting up with this no more. I'm out. They wanted to hear, you know, the hoochie hoochie shit. So mm-hmm. when you have, when you're in the industry of supply and demand, if you're supplying something but nobody's buying it, you got to switch up your your whole game plan. Yeah, if you if your goal is to get money, so you know, obviously I go in for money. Talking about this, um, <laughs> we are figure out what your goal is. But that's your goal. Another conversation for another day because we yes. know they out there doing over. I I just wanted to tie it into the good wife syndrome because you know having a wet ass pussy is just a a public announcement to our sisters that's listening, even to the brothers. That that is not our worth, you know, and we're we're redefining what our worth is. So, you know, those sisters are changing the narrative as to what a a black woman is. And we are, in our way, changing the narrative as Mm -hmm. to who we are. So um, the good wife syndrome, let's get into it. So she pretty much says that the black woman is criticized by her peers, her family, and her loved ones, friends and all, when she decides to choose to serve and focus on her home and family. Meaning this woman is not making every single family function or friend function or whatever the others have going on. Her main priority is her man. And right, her man and her home. Because her household is... Let me tell you, you know what? That's one thing I've always been very big about. My household is the people that live in my house. That's my priority. That's my immediate family. Anytime you have, so yes, my mother, by a certain degree, can be considered immediate family. I don't live with her. So she's not my immediate family at this point. My household is my immediate family. Y'all become extended family, which if you carry out that way, you're able to prioritize better. So... If I'm saying, no, I'm not coming to your 15th baby shower, or maybe not 15, because folks ain't having 15 kids now like they was back in the day, but I'm not coming to your third baby shower because I'm choosing to do something within my household that is required of me to sustain my household and peace in my home. How are you mad at me because of that? Because I'm losing you. And be okay with them being married. Mm-hmm, when you live your life trying to please every damn body, you're unhappy. You be the only one pleased. Say that again, sis? I said, no, I was agreeing with you. When you live your life trying to please everybody, you be the only one unhappy. Exactly. And as Sister Sharazad pointed out, and I would love to live this life because <laughs> I ain't living yet. <laughs> But when you when you find yourself making your black man happy and he's at peace and your home is at peace, that is the only time you actually experience pure happiness. And you ain't going to get it on your own. You only get it through the love and attention and support of a black man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she reminds us that, look, this is going to happen. They're going to say some mean shit about you. They're going to talk about you in your face, mm-hmm. behind your back. They're going to say you a fool for working all day and cooking for him. He ain't got his own hands. He can't make his own plate. 
what are you, his slave? <laughs> you know, kind of comment. <laughs> yes. And and unfortunately, you know, as we talked about the sisters before, I know you mentioned it doesn't relate, but I was trying to make the connection where, you know, they show the career-oriented, sexy-ass, wet-ass, pussy female that is out there just in the streets, doing different events, traveling all over the place. She is the more glamored and sought after woman to be. However, the woman that's at home taking care of her family and making sure food is on the table every night and that the house is clean and the laundry is done, she's outdated and dull. Mm -hmm. So that woman is not outdated and dull. We're not going to see her on mass media for many reasons. And like you said, that's all another topic, why the industry don't promote her. But here is our public announcement. Yo, does get dull and outdated. Um, I'm trying to be dull. I'm trying to be as dull as possible. Outdate the hell out of me. Listen, I'm already outdated by some degrees, you know, when it comes to fashion and little stuff. I don't care about none of these labels or whoever. But um listen, outdate me. Put me in. Exactly. Put me listen. If exactly. all I got to worry about is getting up and cooking and cleaning. Shit. <laughs> That's what I want. I'm looking for that every day. I'm like, so I can't stay home today. Oh, I gotta go to work. All right. Because <laughs> I like my babies being home with me. So she, you know, she warns. Um, she she warns the the the, the black men. The book is for the black men. Um, that this is going to happen to her, and she's going to be criticized. Over, you know, by choosing to focus on her marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, as mentioned, she reminds us that when we ignore all of those negative forces that's trying to get us to decide uh, a career option or any other choice outside of loving and taking care of the Black man, that we won't find that, that happiness within. And that we if, if we we have an option she mentions two options is either we serve our man or we stay at home under great duress waiting on the phone to ring trying to figure out how to find mm -hmm. yeah we get caught so, up in two different frenzies yeah on opposite ends of the spectrum on opposite ends yeah yeah, and you that know what? To add to that, I think too. I think it's due to so much turmoil and trauma within our history of being black women and men. I think sometimes when it's peaceful and quiet, it's a whole lot of something, right? Just because we're not accustomed. Mm -hmm. Like that's yeah. peace and quiet. Yeah. Peaceful for so long, we lurking, like you know, like we looking around the corner to see what's lurking. Like, mm -hmm. how long is gonna be peaceful for? Yeah, because nobody's practicing peace. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going through something dramatic to so-called get this happy ending. And the reality, nobody ever really get happy. It's not many happy people walking this so-called earth. So it's true. Um, the the focus on that is is need to be had. She mentions that 
when the man comes home, and she mentioned this in chapter three as well, but when the man comes home, he needs to feel that tender touch and attention of a woman. Like that is so important. And that if the black woman is not doing what he wants her to do, there will be no peace. Hmm. Period. Period. That's all I think. That goes back to full. That's on page 45. That goes back to full submission that we are supposed to be in order, in his order. A black woman who sees his, no, I'm sorry, a black man who sees his woman trying to please him will do everything he can to try to please her. Now, we talking about a black man, not a black boy. Mm-hmm, a black man. Because it is a, a black man, because a black boy, you can do everything to please him, and he ain't going to do shit uh-huh. for you. Huh. He's gonna just keep taking. So we talking about a black man. You keep taking and laying pipe and pipe ain't worth two dead flies for to get line. Ain't worth two red cents. <laughs> what? So that is something to to be mindful of. So we have, you know, she going to the good wife syndrome. She reminds us, you know, that. Is, this is not a popular task and that we will be criticized for it, but it's great reward. So after she reminds us of that, she brings us back as to why we chose not to trust the process of being fully engaged with our Black man. Like, why do we listen to those influences that encourage us not to focus in on him and support him 100%? And she ties it back into slavery. Mm-hmm. Says that he wasn't able to protect us. I'm sorry. And I was just, since you brought up page 45, I was reading my highlighted part. Oh, no, share, share, because I don't want to go too far. And um, so you remember how I was just talking about how we tend to look for trouble to stir up whenever there's peace around because we, we, we're not accustomed to it. Mm-hmm. So the black man is the only one who knows what it takes to make the black woman happy. Because he has no yes. idea what real happiness is. So, and not knowing, mm-hmm. we run all kind of interference looking for this turmoil that ain't that may not be coming, and we create it because it's like we're so adapt to there has to be struggle in order to be happy. And I don't know who told us that crap, honey. We got to unlearn that. <laughs> and unlearn it quick. Well, we see this the media, our society, societal influences. You know, they it's no wonder why we're we're down and out. You know, we were the former king and queen. You know, we, we don't have the power. Mm-hmm. And you're right, the media and the movies, everything, because what's that movie, Fences? Denzel's character was like, you got to take the crooked with the sticks. <laughs> and I'll be like, yep. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> but why? Why do I, I have to? Why can't I just take the straights? I can pick and choose. I want them crooked. You know what? I don't remember fences to critique it, but I would bring up acrimony. I would bring up acrimony real quick because everyone thought that Taraji was correct. Even though she was crazy, they thought she was right for her behavior. And she was dead ass wrong. That was a good black man. He made a mistake. And she 
was the meanest woman to him after the mistake. She never let up. You know, I got to watch it again, honey, because I so had the, I'm like, hold up, because she didn't gave that man her whole life. She did, and he gave her his. He also, he worked in that house every day trying to build that product. And once he built it, once he had his battery ready, and he had the op, he actually got a meeting, and they was going to purchase it from him. There was a misunderstanding as to why wallet was found in his truck, and he wanted to speak to his wife privately, and she refused to speak to him privately. Had her whole family in the house while he tried to have a conversation with her, mm -hmm. and then she just threw his manhood away. I mean, was constantly just speaking to him in such a negative way and told him he had to leave her house, threatened him like he was a little boy, like he better leave her house hmm. and forcefully divorced him. He didn't want to divorce her. I mean, she was so cruel and mean, even to the very end when he offered her money to just kind of thank her for just always being there. She still was mean and evil. Hmm. So yeah, that yeah, is something to look at again. Because I am in the way I like that, it. I will say I must have been unlearned <laughs> because <laughs> I was on one take podcast, like mm, nope, because he should have still dedicated the rest of his life talk because we don't know what happened before that movie. We don't like before the movie, you know, like um, because they don't write everything. I'm pretty sure she dedicated, you know, her whole life. She she might have been supportive at one point, but I think, you know, just, I might have just been speaking from my own personal stance, but coming from a place where you're supporting somebody, supporting them, supporting them, supporting them, supporting their dreams, and they don't do nothing really, you know, they don't make no progress whatsoever, and you just keep going into debt, but just supporting this dream and supporting this dream and supporting this dream, and it's like not that money is everything, but damn it, we live in a world where we need money to survive and we need money to sustain. But he life. made it. He, he made, made it. it. And then I felt, well, I felt like all the 30 years she didn't invest it. All right. You got to take it out a little bit. All right. Your feelings are hurt. But come. She pushed him. She pushed that man away. He didn't want to leave her side. She pushed him away, and she kept showing crazy and deranged. You got to see that movie again for us to discuss it. Because I had I not learned from Sister Sherazad Ali, I probably would have looked at that movie and said she was correct. But seeing how we're supposed to submit, mm -hmm. obey, how we're supposed to be respectful of our men at all times, and to keep other people out of our private business and not to emasculate him and allow him to lead she did not she allowed her sisters to lead her relationship with her man so yeah you have to see well, you know so what you probably you say that say it that way now that i'm learning <laughs> some new behaviors <laughs> i will go back and watch it with my new set of eyes my new pair of eyes and i'll even apologize if i'm taking if i have to uh, but showing out in my unlearned behavior on that man's show because I was like, uh -uh, I don't care about none of that. But I'm telling you, and again, not listening, not submitting, being my man to submit to, but he is a black man and it was his show. I should have, you know, just heard him out a little bit, but I wasn't hearing him. But yeah, my bad. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's good that you see that because I too. I'm suffering from it. This is all preconditioned, toxic, dysfunctional behavior that it came before us. We're we're the 
ascendance of this madness. You know, um, Sister Shavazad, which I was mentioning before you describe the interferences that we tend to create um, when we have a, a black man trying to do the right thing, but we we create the anxiety mm-hmm. and we create the madness is because of slavery. That's what she mentions, mm-hmm. the post-traumatic slavery disorder. She doesn't call it as that, as Joy DeGroy, I think is her name that wrote mm-hmm. that book. But she, she, yes, Dr. Joy DeGroy, excuse me. She, um, she goes into detail as to you know how we have our dysfunctions, but she says that whole notion of just not um, accepting his ability to protect us because for so long he wasn't able to. So we feel that you know he's he's never really been am- able to protect me. Is he really going to protect me now? And our protection we seek after is, well, he has to have the big car. He has to have the big degree, the big job, the big job, the big bank account. You know, that's our protection, that that financial security. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessary right. for us. That's not, that's not our true, um, that should not be our true life goal because for a black woman in America, more than likely, we're not going to have that type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So to put him to that, category is just a setup for failure in itself and then we have this notion of um feeling powerless because we don't have what we're looking for with our man so it's like well if i don't if i'm not getting that why focus on you know back to focusing on the children you know why am i going to focus on being a mom first i'm going to just focus on my career mm-hmm. so this is this you is know why because uh, like you said well to add on to what you said, we we are not seeing the security that we think is security within our men. So we're looking to secure ourselves to make sure we don't fall. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's something that, that we're purposely doing. Well, him. I think it's more so something that we're ignorantly doing to him because we don't really know. But at the same time, while we not knowing, we're using what we do know wrong right yeah. to try to just stay up for ourselves now we'll say some of us is out of pocket now and then that's a whole different thing but there are some of us that might be out of pocket for a little bit only because it's like shit everything else out of pocket and how else are we gonna defend ourselves or protect ourselves if if we feel like we are our our for our first and only line of defense when it comes to protection well i think that's when we are with that black boy and not with that black man all right (laughs) (laughs) because when you with that black man there's no there's no second guessing you just know you are protected this is true and that's and I think that's what we have to remind ourselves in the process of this being a wife when we are in the space to practice wifedom we have to make sure that we're practicing with the black man and not a black boy so there's no confusion because you want to maintain your priorities you want to keep them in order but when you're battling um how to be the perfect you or the best you and then you have someone that's not even trying 
it, it just it just does not. Well, work. someone who don't He's, even know what he needs to try to be. Yeah, or even realize that he need to try and be different. Because somebody be trying in their own respect and don't even know that what they trying to be ain't even who they supposed to be. And that is true too. Yeah, there's something that she said that it made me laugh. But I've had I remember moments as this as such. She says, um, "The black man has allowed himself to be devalued by a black woman, who rank among the most confused species of the human hood." <laughs> on planet earth the black man knows that she is confused about many topics and the black woman knows that he knows but until she is stopped and called to order she believes herself powerless to control how she is and we were talking about this the other time i think we talked about this offline about how we want our man to lead mm -hmm. and a part of leading is keeping us in order. Mm -hmm. So if if you if for example we know that we shouldn't eat shellfish according to the Bible, don't eat the shellfish. And they're scavengers; they're not really good to eat anyway. Mm -hmm. If my man knows I'm not supposed to eat this, and he even says he's not going to eat it for himself, and I have a craving for it, I still want him to keep his foot down and say, "Honey, we ain't eating right. it." Right. Mm -hmm versus oh you know i want to make her happy yeah you know, what? It is <laughs> you know i know because even so case in point like if i'm offered a beverage and it's like hey you know babe what do you want to drink and i'm like i don't know surprise me and every time you surprise me with an alcohol or beverage you can't surprise me with some tea you can't surprise mm -hmm. me with some fruit juice something that's healthy even if you surprise me with some water i would be happy but like every time it's alcohol it's always something that can potentially be destructive in different ways like why not something that's more you know here yeah when our brother's defense sometimes we need to open up and say exactly what our expectations are you know, to say, well, hey, honey, instead of offering me wine, can you offer me some tea and water sometimes? Well, but I still so understand I your point. Say it like that. Girl, them words. <laughs> That's a nice tone you got, Kiva. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, you don't have to give me alcohol all the time. You can <laughs> give me water, give me some fruit juice, give me something healthy. Like, why you always give me this alcohol? Like, I said, surprise me. So you, you surprised me with alcohol. Now, this part I didn't go into, but I'm thinking, you know, you surprising me with alcohol is destruction on top of destruction. Mm. And, he's, it's, and we all late blooming in this whole new way of living and lifestyle. <laughs> so it's got it's like being a little patient with each other's learning curve. And let me tell you, for those who don't know me, patience ain't high on my priority list. <laughs> and no, you know I'm not gonna say that, but it's not patience don't come natural to me for certain things in life. I'm not gonna say that I'm not patient because I I have experienced times where I'm overly patient. I got too much patience, but then there are instances where my patience run. Oh, they run so thin, girl. They just yeah, and we have to. And we have to find a way to be patient because this process is requires patience. Mm -hmm. 
because it's not an overnight um, fix. You know, we've been practicing these behaviors. Our parents and their parents been practicing this behavior for so long that we're trying to create a, a whole new paradigm of how we live and how we react. So changing a habit of living and reacting it is not easy um, at all. So I understand when you say your patience is not there because I don't have patience on certain things too, but I'm realizing that in those moments, I try to breathe and not speak because it's a, you can avoid a lot of issues and just being silent sometimes and not having that need to express and vent. And that goes back to the five steps. Yeah. Peace for you know, holding your tongue. <laughs> I've been trying that and I've been trying that for a long time because I remember years ago one of my good friends, one of my sister friends from high school, she um she shared with me and it was so random, but she shared with me that um just because or I don't know, something along the lines, you don't have to say everything. I don't even think it was that, but it was like speaking the soft tone basically. So it was like something that you might want to say, if you say it in a softer tone, you might get better results, something like that. And I was like, girl, it don't matter what tone I say it in. My words just be, sometimes it just cut to the core because it, it just be my honest words on how I feel about the situation. And even when I try to just not say nothing, I feel like all of the energy that I'm, you know, just taking in from not saying it, I end up just tearing them all inside. So I be fuming, and I be hot. Like I start to boil. I have to figure out how to change my mindset to not feel so compelled to speak because just not saying nothing and taking deep breaths. Girl, that's in me too, girl. Or or drink a glass of water, or you know, touch your toes. Mm. And slowly, and slowly <laughs> roll your back up. <laughs> Maybe I have to add in those practices because I'll be like, whoo. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. And, that, and then remember, he is your king and that you need him and love him. Because, you know, when we're consistently mistreating our man, the the treatment that we look for we're not going to get because we have to lead by example we are the nurturers we are you know that's our job the food handling the food cleaning the home that's all nurture so you know nurturing is not only a physical aspect but it it is also a verbal one too mm -hmm. and, and an emotional one because people my mom would always say you know people don't remember what you give them but they remember how you make them feel mm -hmm. so it's important that we remember to give those good feelings to our king so it can be reciprocated. Because that's the worst when you are trying your best to do the right thing and then you're triggered to do something that you know you're not supposed to do. You do that thing and then it eradicates everything that was <laughs> done before. Like I, was, I held my tongue for four days and then on the fifth day, I done slayed you with my tongue, so now them four days don't count. Damn. And that is, that is me. I'm telling you, listen, this second half of chapter four, I'm glad we broke it up because that first half, I was like, yup, I agree. And the second half, I still agree, but this second half is it, it, it's written mostly for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so, so you, as you recall, the first time I read it, it was 
like I remember texting you like, girl, I got to let this page go. I got to let this page simmer because this is some real stuff and it's, it's touching me deep in my core and I have to figure it out because I want to be better. And, you know, when you do better, well, when you know better, you do better, or at least you should. And I want to do better. And and we are going to because we're practicing and practicing ain't always perfect, Mm -hmm. but it is something that we are creating a habit. But like you used to say, practice makes permanence. You used to tell me that, what, 12 years ago? Yep. And this is our our new habits that we're creating. So with us learning to speak um, and to speak with love and an encouragement to our man um, is important because she explains that the black man by nature cannot submit to the woman. So when we go into telling him how we feel in such a harsh way, we normally want a result. And he's not going to submit in that way. It's just not in his nature, according to Sister Sharazad. And she says that what we do, what we need to do in those moments is to look at ourselves internally and figure out what is happening within me for me to feel the need to express myself in this way. And I had a a hold your tongue moment (laughs) recently when my daughter's father, he had, he and I are still talking about um, how we're going to co-parent. I'm on the co-parent side. He's on the, maybe we can still get back together side. So we're, we're trying to be on the same page. And as he's talking, I felt my um, throat chakra burning, itching to say something Mm. back. And I remained quiet. I stayed quiet and I listened to him intently. So much so that I started, as he was speaking, I was reciting what he just said to focus on what he was saying and not what I wanted to say. And when he finally finished, and he's a long-winded type of person, when he finally finished, I was able to really answer all of the questions and or respond to the the concerns that he had and it was one of our best conversations and had I jumped off with the mouth and just trying to say my piece I don't think we would have gotten there so and and I realized it was successful was because I allowed him to lead he led the conversation so our men you know we there we have hurt them in such a deep way that they have a difficult time in taking on that leadership role. So anytime we can give it to them, we have to really learn how to to fall back and allow them to, you know, to, to lead because we want that, but we have to practice in, in many different respects mm-hmm. and to do that. So in order to let the man lead, as we are talking about, and, and submitting and, and being unapologetically serving to him, regardless of what anybody thinks, says, or do, we go into confidentiality and trust. And <laughs> this is a big one. This is the one that you told me on the very first episode. You skipping ahead. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you said it was in chapter three. It's actually chapter four. I mean, I knew it went in chapter one. <laughs> the confidentiality and trust. The black woman telling all her black man's business. And that we, Sister Sharazad, is encouraging us that we need to start checking each other when we do so. Mm-hmm. 
So it's no longer a favorable look for a beautiful black woman to talk about her man in public and all his personal business. If we are to see that, we're supposed to shut that down and remind that woman that it's not cute mm-hmm. or, or respectable. Because although that is a practice. We are not supposed to bring our gossip ears to the table. Yeah. We're supposed to be like this. That's, listen, that ain't none of my business. Next topic. <laughs> exactly. Because we're... And we do, which is sad, and I know I'm, um, I've am i done this, I'll talk, the most common topic we discuss is the size of our man's penis and how great he is. In the- That's, and you were so sad. That's one of the, huh? I said, that used to always be a thing. I'm guilty of that in the past. Yeah, so am I. And that is, I mean, it just shows how we're so influenced because when you introduce this new man, think about it. When you first meet him and you're so excited about him, the first thing you talk about is the type of job he got mm-hmm. and how good he is in bed. Yeah. Like those are the two qualifiers. What about how he treats you? Mm-hmm. How he makes you feel? The dreams that he has, his goals. And normally, if he if he's not treating us well, that ain't even something we bring up. <laughs> we don't even talk about that. <laughs> we don't even. And we shy away from that part of the conversation. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, so what you having for dinner? <laughs> like, we just don't even want to talk about that. that is so true. We are choosing to accept less than what we are worth because we're just so infatuated with how quickly or how much or how hard we can orgasm. I know I'm guilty of that, honey. If you don't believe me, read Pink Canvas. <laughs> now, Pink Lotus is a different, you know, she's different, but she's still, you know, she's still there a little bit. But, honey, I know. I know, I know, I know, because I wrote about it. I put my feelings on blast. And even me doing this, I still want the change. I'm still looking for the change, which is why. The trilogy is a progressive trilogy. It's not meant for me to stay in one space. Each exactly. Each story is going to evolve into the next one. Yes, because we are not going to be these low-level females anymore. We're going to operate on a high level for our man and Black nation's sake. So, and for in our, our bloodline. For ourselves, too, because if we're just doing it for the Black man and not accepting that we need to do it for ourselves in order to, you know, have real change, just because you and I know, anytime you do something for somebody else solely, soon as that somebody else started to get on your nerves, all that that you was doing is out the window. Yeah, well, I guess to change yourself for that black man, for you know, but you know, if the if it's a chain reaction or if it's a domino effect that it happens to be for you too, then yes. But if you yes, don't do it for I'm the right reasons, on. you won't go back. Yes, I'm definitely speaking on the domino effect because Sister Sharazar put it as if that you don't, you can't even find pure happiness without the love of a black man. Mm-hmm. She, she she went further to say that you can't even blossom as a full ripe woman mm-hmm. without having a black man. Like you, 
<laughs> so it's like if you if you ain't never had a black man, you you ain't gonna never be it, you know. So um, that's where I was leading into. But you're right. You it has to start with self, and that's just a reminder that all of these topics that we're talking about, this is for us to change ourselves. When we see ourselves in these women that she speak of, we're supposed to confront her and say, "Nah, we ain't doing this mm-hmm. no more." This is the this is the new behavior. So our sister reminds us of, of all the negative and hypocrite uh, ways that we have when we, you know, we share our black man's business to the world, his, his secrets and everything that he share, and then got the nerve to want to unpack our arsenal when he doesn't tell a piece of our mm-hmm. business to his family <laughs> or friends. I'll be like, hold on, I know. You ain't tell so-and-so my business. <laughs> and I'm like, I come suited up with all my all my guns, all my, I'm in uniform, I got all my armor on, I'm ready for this war. And I know I ain't going to lose. Because <laughs> I'm like, hold up. I know you ain't tell so-and-so. And yeah. We're, we're, we're a true hypocrite with that. And it's so she 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 reminds us that you know we're doing that and she tells us that when we do behave this way that we break his spirit deep mm. because we have such a storm in the relationship with our mood swings our attitudes our allowing other people to influence our behavior with our man and then our lack of trust and 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 keeping things confidential between our black man pieces of him break and she goes into detail as to how those pieces of him break but i wanted to share quickly a story that um and not even a story, but I, I like I said, I'm I work in a male dominated industry, so uh, and it, which is great because I'm learning so much about our men. And I met this brother who was excited about having a baby. He was just telling everybody like, "Oh, my 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 girl is due soon. I'm so excited to have this baby." So normally, when a man tells me about his child, I'll inquire about the mom. So I said, hey, you know, how is baby, baby girl doing? Like, how is your, your lady doing? Is she, she's she's okay with the pregnancy? He like, yeah. He was like, the pregnancy is good. You know, the doctor always saying good results with the baby. He said, but she's just so damn mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, um, she's mean. He was like, yeah. He was like, I just, she's just mean. Like, he couldn't <laughs> even ex- explain it, you know. And, and I just felt so sad for the brother because here he is at work highlighting how excited he is about this baby but when you speak to him about his woman the only thing he can describe about her is that she's mean so now i've been making a mental note to every time i see him to ask him how she's doing and his same response is she's still mean (laughs) (laughs) i'm hoping she's not mean when this pregnancy is over but you know what too and i will say um so when i had my own experience of being pregnant when so one of my aunts one of the first things that she shared you know um, said to me was that you know during your pregnancy you're gonna hate the child's father and as if this was like science so when you say that to me it's like 
is this something that naturally happens to, you know, within a woman and hormones? Or is this something that's a seed that's planted and we feel like we should be mean to the father because someone told us that we are expected to be, so to speak? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't have the the direct research, but I would think it's just encouraged because, you know, TV show wasn't, you know, our main teachers of life is TV, the idiot box, the dummy okay. box, as you call it. And the pregnant woman is always disgruntled and uncomfortable and having issues and not happy. And, and during her labor, she's screaming and hollering and grabbing people want to fight people. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, during my pregnancy, I didn't have a negative experience like that um but i i wasn't too fond of my daughter's father for other reasons but i didn't behave in a mean fashion but i think we i I hope one day that i'll be able to experience a different type of pregnancy but if we are in that mean state that you speak of i think it's just something that we're taught to Mm -hmm. do versus it being natural but that's my own opinion yeah, girl. I don't have any studies on that. I don't know neither. Yeah. It, <laughs> so I, so she, you know, she explains how we can um, negatively um, impact our man's spirit and not build him, but actually break him. So she goes into sharing that even though our man want to be needed, he is okay now with the financial independent her own person her own things she make her own decisions professional career type woman because he feel like he's forced to accept this woman Mm -hmm. Uh, because any other this the woman to follow his lead and to submit and be in order she's rebellious she refuses that so he is like he disagreed with the, with the new woman, but he's just going to accept it. He's going to cooperate it, cooperate with it. And Sister Sharazar said he shouldn't. That's not what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to make sure we stay in order. There's no separate independent life that there should be just one. We should be, we should operate in harmony. Honey, and I ain't going to hold you because if I had, this if I had told her my original aspirations for marriage, honey, I don't even know what her reaction would be. Probably give me 30 <laughs> copies of this book tell me to write 100,000 times. I will not ever say that again. <laughs> I've always envisioned that my marriage would consist of me living right next door to my husband. Like, mm. I like having you around. I like knowing you around. But I do need my space. My solitude is important to me. I don't want to be all up under you all the time. I feel like get you some business. And I'm quick to tell everybody else to get some business. And I got my own business. That's why I be like, get you some business. <laughs> Like, I have some business. Get you some business. Well, you know what? If 
and, and this goes back to my synergy that I was trying to say before and I misspoke it, but it's what I meant was synergy means the sum is greater than its parts. Because last episode, I forgot the, the definition of that. And I think it relates to what you're talking about because if your parts is that you have your own space separate from your husband, however, y'all are still able to behave in such a functional loving way i think that's fine that's that's the whole the sum you you know that those are your parts but the sum is greater the sum is that you are a functional relationship and that you are able to find have peace and order and you are still being led by your man and you submit to him and you guys are happy then i don't see that as a negative at all i just think that's a personal preference but you know because but is that a personal preference or is that wanting to be separate and having unity at the same time it depends on him because you know some brothers like they like their own space too everybody don't want to be up underneath each other (laughs) so it it depends on the person because i think how it of course there's no cookie cutter relationship everyone's relationship is going to be different I think the respect factor and how we handle our day-to-day life problems is what I think she's reiterating to us in this book, Mm -hmm. that we need to function on a higher level. We cannot have an emotional breakdown and then decide to ridicule our man and subjugate him to a peon where he's supposed to be a king. (laughs) It's like, hold up. (laughs) You don't kick the damn crown off the head because you mad. You reposition the crown, and you and you sit by his feet, and and rub his feet, and talk to your man. You're right, and and I feel like too that that's why sometimes I feel like I. So sometimes when I feel like I'm doing well, I realize I need I got a lot more work to do. (laughs) For me, ain't but so much repositioning I can do before I take the shit off your head and throw it. At what point does it become? But you know what? It only matters. Sister Shabbos Ali saying, Alexis, if you can't agree with him, then find somebody you can agree with. Yeah. And and she also say, if you don't find a way to agree, you're going to either be miserable or alone. Because you want to be led. That's the crazy part part of this whole topic is that we want the leadership but we fight it <laughs> tooth and nail but we but we want to be led so she examines six postures of new breed black woman that she said exists based newfound I'm independent I don't need no man era she said there are six breeds of it six pop six postures of the new breeds and she starts off with the first one the financially independent woman the woman that she has such excessive spending habits that the black man encourages her to have her own money so he don't have to do it or deal with it per se or even put it in check to say no this is not happening because he's supposed to be the chief of finance and budget in the household Mm -hmm. So rather than, mm-hmm. you know, and again, we know this book ain't about him, it's about us. But rather than him stepping up to say, no, nah, we're not doing this and really putting his foot down and her obeying that, it's like, well, I'm gonna, oh, me, I ain't going to say obey. Her submitting to that and agreeing, it's 
a problem. So, and it's a problem that he'd rather not take on. Exactly. So that, and that's a reminder for us that, you know, we have to re-evaluate what is our our goals or what we consider to be successful. Because if you spoke to me 10 years ago, I would label success based on the amount of money I had in my bank account. Now I label success as to the quality and the relationship that I have with my man, mm-hmm. because that is everlasting. The energy and the memories that we build and the family that we build, that is to always remain. This material shit, it come and mm-hmm. go. So, you know, when, when you put a higher focus on the needs of your of your of your mate versus on your personal desires, then you know it kind of put things in perspective. She also goes into number two, her own person situation. The woman that feels that she is independent and she makes her own decisions. And in the process of her making her her own decisions, her man um, re- experiences repetitive rejection. Mm. And that goes back into breaking our man's spirit. Because our man don't like being rejected. Shit, the world rejects them every day. See, you know and then he got a cat woman to reject That one cut me deep. <laughs> <laughs> because... And you know what, like society says, anytime the black man doesn't do what the black woman wants him to do, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I might just have to get out of the frame of mind that you can lead. So, like, all right, you know how they say the man wears pants? Mm-hmm. My saying has always been, yeah, but I picked out the pants. Like, I didn't pick out the pants that you're going to wear, and these how you're going to wear them. Which is horrible when it comes yeah. to what we're now learning. And where I get that shit from? So I, I just, it's, I have control issues, I know that. And I don't, I have a girl working on it in so many different ways, huh? Yeah, we both are. And it's in this own, you know, it's, it's not it's not easy. And that's why we need our brothers that's listening to this show that we need you to stand up. Do not submit to us. Put us in order. But we you know how to keep us in order sexually. You'll go, you know, you know how to flip it and switch it around and do all of that. You put a lot of focus in that. Maintain that mental, you know, guidance. We need you to be strong in that world don't submit because we have a little tantrum you know it's our little tantrum push through that because as we're going to practice holding our tongue when you mess up we need you to practice standing up and dealing with us with our emotions I have a guy that is courting me now and he reminded me because I asked him I said you know we had dated in the past and we came back into each other's lives and, you know, we're dating now. And I asked him, like, you know, what is it that have you intrigued? And he said, you know, I, he was like, you know, he mentioned all the other qualities. And he said, but I've realized that you are overly emotional and that you like to overanalyze more things than you should. And I know I can handle that. But he recognized those were my, my, my mess, the things that I bring to the relationship that may not be good and he's willing to handle it 
And that just, my heart fluttered because I'm like, yeah, I know I got some mess in that area and I'm glad you see it and not afraid to handle it and, and I'm willing to, to get through it, you know, because I'm, I'm trying, but I ain't perfect. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and I need you to be there for me and with me when those mistakes are made and to guide me through it. Don't use this as an opportunity to let me just look like a fool and watch me, you know, flounder around as, as Sister Sherva's But no, <laughs> Yes, you won't be your own person, right? Your own person, all right. <laughs> you can't be a spectator in a relationship. You, that ain't your role. Your role is to lead. So it's either you gonna lead or or we we wanna just be stagnant. And that I'm is, gonna lead. Um, and if I'm leading, you ain't gonna be happy. And you're not gonna be in your rightful place. And I'm not gonna be in my rightful place. And I'm never not gonna say I'm never, but I'm gonna be slower to acknowledge or and learn my rightful place by by practicing that role. Because if I'm so busy trying to make sure that we get to the promised land based on my leadership. It's like, we may not ever get to the promised land because I ain't supposed to know how to even get there. You got the key to get there. You was given the map to get there. I don't know the map, but I'm over here like, well, shit, you don't know the map. And one of us got to know the map, so I'm going to take over this map. I ain't never seen the map, never heard of it, don't know nothing about it, don't know which direction, but I'm like, you know what, I'm going. And you either coming or you ain't. <laughs> and, yeah, he ain't gonna submit to that, sis. He because he can't. That's not in his nature. So no. you just you, you just you be both unhappy, and that leads us into number three, that you know the woman has become this. I can do things my own way, and I don't have to count on him for everything. And she shares that you know when when we're in this space. We reject his ideas, mm-hmm. and he is impo- He feels that our needs are impossible to fulfill and execute. So he does. He doesn't gave up the hassle of trying to to be there for us. He just allow us to just do it ourselves. And when we and I've been that woman doing it, doing everything myself. And and you do it not with with satisfaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do it because it's like well shit he ain't gonna do it and <laughs> somebody got to do it so I guess I'm gonna do it and then after a while you get to the point like well what the fuck do I need you for I don't. Mm-hmm. and it's not that you don't you do but you don't realize how you need him and he don't realize how he should be valued he don't realize yeah. his own value to put it up front and this is why you have to choose wisely, choose wisely as to who you follow, because our position is to follow. Our position is to follow and his position is to lead. So if you are uncertain about his leadership, well, no wonder you're going to keep fighting. Did I just see you <laughs> do that? Oh, so you put it that? Oh, oh, okay. Mm. Hmm. Well, nope. I see. I got to take over, and that's part of you know what. And I think a lot of that comes from my upbringing too. 
just in seeing, like, so I had, you know, I have a father. We, our relationship is basically what it is. Now we talk where we wasn't on speaking terms at one point. But even when we speak, it's not like, you know, it, it is what it is. I made peace with it. But even growing up, my mother has been more authoritative and fatherly, so to speak, than nurturing and motherly and, you know, here, baby, have some cookies. My mother was growing up like, yeah, get your cookies and get your life. Like, you know, like she was more, like, I was more afraid to have a boyfriend because my mother would be the one to be hell no. Whereas my father was a little bit more lenient with boys, but my mother was not lenient at all. And, Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Which makes a lot of sense because if if the if we're prone to not allowing the man to lead, that means he's not able to discipline. So it makes sense why she would be the disciplinarian if he's not actually leading. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it it shows that how you know when you you've mentioned a few times in the show like where we get this from. We get it from everywhere, from from our family, from our friends, from the media, from entertainment, and just the a way of in the way of how society functions, um, as to how what everyone is practicing. We continue this bad these bad habits, so we're creating like a new code of conduct to handle our new way of being. She she goes into number four, um, the woman who makes her own decision that this woman, she tends to be a physical force. She's loose and ruthless with the tongue. And she eliminates, (laughs) she eliminates the black man's alternatives. He doesn't have a a handle on her at all. And she doesn't have confidence in his ability to have a handle on her. Mm. And and her very, her most inner desire is to be conquered. And you know, so amazing is that the only time, because you know, this type of woman, I see her in me, but during a time when I was practicing the, these bad behaviors heavily, I was submit when it came to sex, mm-hmm. like, like a baby, fetal position. In mm-hmm. the <laughs> All you had but to do was I, put your hand around my throat one time while I did inside and be like, what you shut the fuck up. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and, and what is it? Like I seen from Baby Boy. When somebody's like, fuck you, man. I don't give a fuck. Da, 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 da. And then she, oh, I love you. <laughs> you yeah. And I was yeah. going, mm-hmm. you going to make them tacos? Yeah, I'm going to cook. I'm going to clean. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I and that and that and that is exactly where I was going into. It's that boy factor because he's not giving you what you need on those other levels. He's not making you feel protected. He's being inconsistent. I'm not gonna st- stick on the man because we are talking about us. But when you don't have that leadership or that secure feeling in all the other areas of the relationship, 
you do look forward to that sexual component where you can, I guess, think that you're going to make up for all the other I things. I have to speak about the man because at the end of this chapter, so after she, listen, after Sister Ali go in on us to the 10th degree, the end this chapter, like this is all because the man, the black man, is not in his rightful place and getting her in order. Yeah. While yes, it is our responsibility yeah. to see our faults and change ourselves, it is also, as you pointed out in other episodes, it is also the responsibility of the black man to put us in order. So yes. otherwise, we just continue to run them up. Because, honey, I'm ruthless yeah. with my tongue. And I will say, I have gotten better over the years. Because, you know, I used to be ruthless out the gate. Now, I started practicing calm talking and saying stuff a little less condescending. But when I don't get results, I'm like, well, shit. You don't understand this calm language. Yeah, and that goes back to choosing wisely because we have to make sure we're practicing with men and not with mm -hmm. boys. Because practice with boys, we're not going to get any results. And when we practice with our men, we'll get what we need. Yes. And I think too many of us, we choose boys because they know how to make us feel good, but they're not taking care of business. And if you ain't taking care of business and you... And, but you're making me feel good. You want to create, I'm going to end up going back to these negative behaviors because overall I'm not protected from myself because I'm, I'm, I'm hurting when I'm not getting what I need. So, you know, and that's what she, she shares. Like we want that man to protect us from us. So when we're doing something, we ain't got no business doing, you're supposed to show up and, and make sure and put us back in order, not sit back and say that ain't your responsibility. Or say I don't want to deal with it. This is you got to deal with it. This is I am your responsibility, as your mind, as you're the my king and and my leader. And now you have to take responsibility of me. So, the brothers is reminded of that. She goes into number five, which is the professional career woman. This woman is just geared into just doing everything that is for her business, for her work. She ain't got time to do what her her wife duties require. Work is first. Let's take a step back. Not that she's okay. doing everything for her business and her work, because Sister Ali points out, she's doing this to fit into corporate America as far as white folk business. She yes. says... The so-called corporate world, if it's not a black company, is the worst place for the black woman to be. So this is a woman that thinks that because she has a high job, you know, a fancy title in a fancy office and all this, that, and the third, that she is seen as, you know, in the likes of white folks, like our movie in... Um, Sanaa Lathan character in The Family That Prays. You couldn't tell that sister nothing. No, you couldn't. Honey, she was like, I record records. And mm -hmm. I've been here. She thought she was somebody because she was working with the white folk. 
Yeah, she didn't even invite her husband to a company gathering because she wanted to, you know, continue her affair. But she was separating her family life, like the church, church and state. Like, it ain't no, no integration of that. This is my family. This is my corporate world. She was separating both of those mm -hmm. lives. And you know, Sister Sharon's I said, it ain't no separation. That black man is always front and center mm -hmm. of your life. He is no back burner. He must be front and center at all times. So you're right. It's not. It's not any type of business. It's the business that doesn't require his or or salutes you not um, keeping him present or focused in your life. Um, so yes, in that situation, we have to again reprioritize. Remember what is more important. She goes into number six. Likes to have a good time without becoming. Um, that was all of me in pink canvas. Yeah, the woman, <laughs> the woman that just wants to explore, enjoying, you know, just good times. But she mentions and she straight up and says that when you decide to not commit to each other, you and or try to build a lasting relationship, then you, you pretty much decide decide just to to have sex and have fun. You're dismissing all other parts of that is needed and required. And, you know, that goes back into what I, my original thought um, when it comes to this is that, but I guess it's, no, I wouldn't say for the black woman. Because it's funny, I say black men, if you don't, if you're not ready to be in a serious, committed relationship, then you play with the concubine woman. Mm -hmm. But I want to say for the black woman to play with the <laughs> concubine men, I think we should just, I don't, I don't have those feelings. So I don't really know how to navigate through this part. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> say that because like I had expressed before, we take on the energies of the people that we sleep with. So we shouldn't do yeah. that. However, I have been in the space, you know, prior to now, you know, where I was definitely not into really getting to know the other parts of the man. It was like, you really, well, I felt as though the man, you know, well, probably from the men that I was dealing with in the compilation of just my own feelings and just, you know, my parents' relationships and then just the relationships that I have with the men in my life, regardless of who they'll be that y'all can't really offer me much. So I'm going to just take this dick and be out. And that was my yeah. mentality for quite a while. And I had to hone in on myself and figure out, is this really what I want long-term? Is this something that I want, you know, for my nation, for myself? Because I still wanted to be someone who has children. I still want to grow a family and then growing a family is growing a community i want to be part of that village that raised the children i don't want to be yeah. part of that village that tell the neighbor you better not fucking talk to my kids crazy or i'm gonna fucking cut you or some shit like i want to have strong neighbors and strong i want to have a strong enough village to where uh-huh Susie saw you cutting school Mm -hmm. school, and I want Susie to feel comfortable as the adult and as someone who has my child's best interests at heart to tell my child in my absence you lost your damn mind yeah and I guess this is a reminder for our brothers too 
I mean, we have to put family back on as the most popular and not outdated, but thing to do. Because I have, I've never been in a position to be in a relationship with a man where I was okay with the sex and then nothing else. Like I, I'm the type of woman like you. You fuck me, we together. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah, <laughs> Where you going? This is this is <laughs> this is us. This is we. You know. <laughs> and and when you know I didn't get when they showed signs that they weren't ready to fully stay or commit, and this was um, something that I had to realize that if the man is not in agreement to what I want, I have to let him go. He's not going to want what I want just because I'm a good person. But you know, like, I will like, tell you, the opposite side of that spectrum, so me being the woman, well, me having experience in the past being the woman who will fuck you and walk out, typically, even though that man might have had the intention of hitting and splitting, because I chose to hit and split, now I was like, oh, nah, you're not going to do that to me. So they do kick in their ego factor. <laughs> in my experience, they do start to, oh, well, let me take you out on a date. And I'm like, does this date come with date? No. You just want to hang out? Like, I don't got that kind of time. Click. Like, so in my experience, when you treat them the way they intended to treat you, they do kind of try to formulate that relationship. Like, nah, bitch, we together. And it's like, but we're not. Yeah. Uh, all, all toxic behaviors, all horrible mm-hmm. starts of a relationship. Because, again, we put too much onus on sex. It, what he has as far as job and how big his dick is are not qualifiers of choosing this man as a partner yeah. for family. You know, we have to go deeper into his soul and see who he is as a person and his overall, his treatment, because how he makes you feel or how you feel after um, the intercourse or the or just the conversation is more important to analyze and review versus you just looking at the surface value of what he brings to the table. So in that surface value, she says that Black women... Um, we're unwilling, you mentioned this, we're unwilling to take our proper place. And in in us not taking our proper place in allowing ourselves to follow our man and for him to lead, um, our, we mistakenly do not allow our man to rise to his greatest potential because he is not going to be the best man without the support of his black woman. So we're essentially, we need each other to thrive. There is just no way we're going to be able to navigate this world as a as a single person. She's encouraging the unity. The fact that you, when you mentioned in episode one, she starts the book off, we don't get along. She, in her chapters, she's saying if we don't get along, we will never reach our full potential. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, we're troubled by not um, following and submitting to our man and that we have lost our memory. Honey, that's my favorite line. Of a <laughs> she has lost her memory and she does not remember how to agree. Honey, 
Because I sure don't remember how to agree unless you agree with my program. <laughs> like, I know how to tell you how to agree, but you telling me to agree with you? Hold up, hold up, hold up. I need you to draw me a whole di- you know, whole diagram. I need you to explain all your bullet points. Like, you got to have a spreadsheet and a PowerPoint <laughs> and a website and a dissertation to explain to me why I need to agree with you. <laughs> well, hopefully this book so far is enough explanation as to why you should agree to our black man so i say that so yes and reading this i understand why i need to (laughs) however it's been ingrained in me so long that naturally i'm like hold on hold on hold on hold on you want me to what now that one and see i'm all ready for it i just i have to choose a man because i've been choosing boys that's 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 a whole nother so we have concluded chapter four chapter four and you know what kiva i don't think we need to be breaking up no more chapters let's just go on and be grown folk act like we got degrees and read the whole chapter i know well you know what i think when the page when it's too long because, you know, our shows run a little over an hour, which I think is dope. Not too long, not too short. No, that's the way. So, be a lot of details in each chapter. Yeah, it just be so much. But I think chapter five, we can read in its entirety because it's pretty sh- short of a chapter, mm-hmm. um, which is social integration, dating and marrying the white man. I think this is going to be quick because this ain't me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so because it's so short i have a challenge Mm. so our challenge is for the next show chapter five where we are going to listen to all of our previous recordings of the black man's guide to understanding a black woman and we're going to take notes on anything that we feel a need to clarify or further explain since this chapter is so short. Um, yeah, because we can talk about that chapter in two minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were certain things because I have a confession quickly before we close mm-hmm. out. I th- and this, this is what made me think to do this. In one of the chapters, I accused you of saying that you had said the falsehood of his leadership. And it was actually me mm. <laughs> that said that. And you agreed to it. You said, mm, I did say you know, that. I probably said that to you just in our ex parte conversations because uh-huh. I know I've talked about that. So okay. I might not have said it on air but I know I said how am I supposed to trust you as a leader you don't believe which yes. is the falsehood of leadership so you might have put it into good terms because you know you always have them good positive words that kind of make people be like you know what I can look at this from a different light whereas my words is like hold up you lost your damn <laughs> And you'd be like, you know, I think you might have misspoke. 
<laughs> but both of me, both sisters are highly needed because when I need to use them brutal words sometimes, and sometimes those words are needed and necessary, I have a reference point, which is you. So it is good because there was a an, there, for another explanation. Okay, so that might have been our offline when you said the falsehood. However, for example, when I mentioned like the the house of the housewives of, of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I spoke so negatively on those that saw the show. And when we got offline, you said, sister, you know, I do look at the show when it's with the black woman. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Because you know, I agree with you. I'm like, yeah, that is a word. We ain't got no business watching it. But I'm like, shit. <laughs> I watched them and I watched the ones in Potomac. Now, I will say, I don't watch the white ones because I don't care. And I just... I don't know. I think I tried to watch them one time, but I'm just like, I, I don't know. I couldn't relate. I, I just I just couldn't, whatever. And not so much that I relate a whole lot to the Housewives of Atlanta or the Housewives of Potomac, but I relate to them just for the fact that they look like me, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. even still in watching it, now, at this point, I feel like I watch it because I'm invested in it because I started watching it <laughs> damn 8, 11, 10 seasons ago. So I felt like, well, what y'all doing now? However, sometimes as I'm watching it, I'm like, y'all are over fucking 40 years old. And y'all just acting a fool. Like, And I understand you might have to act a fool for this check. You might have to kind of create some little drama. But ain't no amount of money that you can pay me to get me to act a whole buffoonery ass on national television. Like, I don't want to be and, known for being the woman that just, just damn degrading everybody. <laughs> like, it's just. I know. I know. And, it, and I, I mean, I mentioned that just because I like that you bring, because sometimes I know I could come across as if, like, I just got my shit together. And fellow listeners, I don't. I'm struggling every day like you. As my brother Yashkara says, I am the scum on the bottom of this shoe. <laughs> I'm not nothing until Yah Elohim and Yahweh bin Yahweh say that I have made it. Until then, I'm trying to figure it out like you. So, you know, for us to go through that review, I think it will just give our listeners some clarity on, you know, wh- who we are and where we're coming from. Because I don't think, as of yet, they are fully aware of our um unique way of living and thinking in today's society. So when I told you that, girl, you followed back with that Twilight shit. And I was like, yeah, I remember being at your house. People like, oh, let's watch this Twilight. And I remember we watched, and because even when you told me, you was like, Bella, Jacob, and whoever the hell else. And I'm like, I don't know them damn characters. I was like, all I remember was watching that movie with you. And then um, my good sister friend that I had mentioned earlier, her name is Jules, by the way, she into that Twilight shit too. And she had me watch me. I said, Jew, I don't want to watch this shit. <laughs> Like, oh, so and I remember Bella ass was pregnant for all the five minutes before she gave birth to the old fucking creature or whatever the hell the shit was. Werewolf. And the whole movie was about her being pregnant. Oh, she can't be pregnant because she human and he this and, and, and this one is that and the other one jealous and all this bullshit. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You got me. And, um, and for me to be with some black, my the guy that's dating me, he like you know it's that's a that's a 
well kept secret, honey, for you to like Twilight, <laughs> and you this black um, <laughs> advocate. Listen, <laughs> read the books, but you don't. You don't I read all the books. I read all the books. And hey, you know what's funny? Yeah. I think I seen there was a new book coming out too, or something. I don't know, but I thought of you when I seen somebody post it, and I was like, damn. I don't know if it's a new book or if it's a new whatever, but I'm pretty sure I might need to just go and get it for so she can just have it. Let me see. I think I read all of the books because they came out with something new. Too. They came out with something um, new that kind of had like a black and red cover. I think I remember. I, remember. I, I think that's the one where they. Girl, you know better than me. Midnight. I see it. I see it. Yeah, I'll probably pick it up. This is Midnight Sun. Let me see. I have no clue. <laughs> You made me watch that shit that day. I fell asleep. Which you might fall asleep. Well, you know, them housewives too, right? You can't fall asleep on that. But you might be like, grind got this too. Oh, yeah. I didn't read this book. This is Edward's perspective mm. and his inner thoughts. Oh, Yeah, I think I might just read it just to read no. it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't paying $20 for it. But yeah, I definitely didn't read this. He got a few others. I read all of the books except for this Midnight Sun and, and Life and Death. What is this one doing? He got two more. That I Listen, seen. the this only guy. Midnight I acknowledge is Sister Soldiers. You heard? Yes, <laughs> and I love when she writing another. I don't book? know. I just seen something recently that she has. Um, she's writing the sequel to Coldest Winter Ever. I think. Well, I think she already finished writing it and they're waiting to release the book cover. But girl, you never know because folks don't mind me lying. They've been saying a whole bunch of years. Uh, I believe. I know. And I'm, yeah, her and that other sister, Demi, with the um Children of Blood and Bone. I'm, I'm still in chapter one. You still in chapter yeah. one? <laughs> I can't believe you can't get through that. I'm book. trying. Okay, okay. I'm trying. All right, well, we ain't gonna. <laughs> <laughs> we rambled in all, and you know, I look forward for us to hit novels eventually. But we're gonna take care of business first. Play later. Well, you know what I will <laughs> say: the the book is probably good. I probably need to just go ahead and buy the physical book because it takes me forever to get through ebooks. I don't like. Oh, I like to see my pages, yeah. smell my pages, really be into Me my too. book. So because it's on, I have it on the ebook copy. I'm like, girl, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense because I do not, I do not like reading on the ebook but what i have picked up which my mother encouraged me to do which kind of worked for me is the audio books mm. i i was so in love with the book children of blood and bone that i bought the audio version and was listening to it in the car mm. because they have the accents heavy heavy accents of the um the tribes that um that they feature in the book so. well maybe i'll try that see how it work but we love and appreciate you guys for listening in and we will be prepared and ready to serve you again with chapter five mm-hmm. oh, what's chapter five again dating a white man with me dating a white man yeah. that'll be real quick so remember um how we uh when we come when we come back to chapter five we're gonna 
just have a list of explanations of our previous shows. Mm -hmm. Okay, so take care, y'all. Yeah.